Welcome to Stock Odds Odds and End podcast with Dave Singh and Rob Friesen. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad, thank you. I had a busy weekend with relatives visiting from out of town, but uh, anyway, it's uh, good. We're uh, getting ready for a good week of trading and um, looking forward to talking to you here. So uh, what do you got there on the, um, should we first run through uh, some of the futures where they are now? Let me do that quickly and then you can roll over to the seasonality aspect. So we got the, the current as of today, 6 p.m. Eastern time, futures opening, blah, blah, blah. So let's just run through that quick. We got, um, so the Dow is up. Dow Jones futures are up 0 0.12, 38 points right now. S&P 0.22, uh, 8.75 points. Uh, Russell, is, or NASDAQ, sorry, is up 0.45, so about double the others there at 55 points. And the Russell is up 0.19, or only 3.4 points. Um, we have had some follow-through in Asia um, partly because of the good rally that we had in the U.S. for the week. And um, also there's a bit more reopening going on in China and so on like that. So um, VIX is uh, at, what are we, sitting at 28.35, down, down slightly uh, it, on the daily here. It's been on a downtrend uh, since we had the big spike on June the 13th. So we've been drifting down since then. Okay, what do we see for seasonality, my friend? Yeah, so we're uh, the last five days of the month started on Friday, which was an extremely powerful day. And uh, there's, a, there's a slight difference between the last three days of the month and the last five days of the month. So the spider is expected to do minus 0 0.76 for the last five days of this month, while the last three days of the month is a positive 0 0.68. So that suggests that the last three days are going to be much more robust than the, the final five. But we did have a really strong Friday there. So a lot of the gains have been maybe skewed in there. And also the final day of the month, um, it's expected to be um, up. Um, plus yeah, that's, 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 that's quite rare, actually, right? Because uh, like nine of the 12 months of the year, the last trading day of the month is down. And June is an exception to that. Now, partly because generally July is quite robust. We have very good performance for July for the S&P 500. And so that might factor it into it a little bit of, uh, you know, getting out of the gate early, perhaps. Yeah. And the end of the second quarter, I, there's something something unique about end of June. Yeah. And like let's say July, we can expect um, 2.7% on average for the spider for the month of July. So it is it is a robust month and it's front loaded too. Um, the first trading day is up usually 0 0.53 and the first Friday. So um, it, it is a bit front loaded. So maybe some of that theme uh, is starting early, right? With the last day of June. Right. Um, any of the specific uh, ETFs that pop out at you? Yeah, especially with the last three days of the month, um, energy, financials, industrials, and discretionary stronger than the spider, and things that are weaker than the spider, staples, utility, healthcare. So it is a bit of a risk on undertone with the kind of ETFs that are showing 
outperformance there. So, and that I think I'd be, I'd be a little, I'd be a little bit uh, cautious with energy, perhaps um, that you know the next couple of days might might be softer. Um, and I mean, they may pop back up by by the end of the month, but uh, that's kind of a wild card. Like we have higher volatility, and we have so much uh, geopolitical stuff related to oil, right? But the the healthcare utilities and staples um, being shorter, those going into the last couple of days might be a better play. But it's, so it's on theme. Okay. Well, I know we're uh, we're trading up a little bit uh, now on energy, uh, but we were down a bit earlier. Uh, so, but it's it's kind of hanging in there. Um, we've had we've had a pretty good move in June overall with oil. So I, I think. You know, be again, be cautious there. Um, as far as the, let's see, you know, the metals are an interesting place. Do you know that copper often signals, you know, whether we're going to have a growth economy globally or whether we're going to have recession, right? Yes. Have you, noticed, have you noticed what's been happening with copper? The slang term is what Doctor Copper. It's kind of like <laughs> the indicator, like the e best economic indicator uh, going forward. And it's it's been down quite a bit in June. So <laughs> June, yeah. What a that what could a be month. Quite That's bearish the, for the economy. Yeah. Pretty serious move in June. Uh, you know, it popped up. Slightly uh, now off the bottom, but it's but that's not looking good in terms of a monthly chart or even a weekly chart. It's taken out so many uh, previous lows, um, so it's not looking too good at all. Um, gold and silver kind of hanging around, but copper's definitely indicating something's up with the global economy prospects, right? And that's the same argument that's happened with yields, where we've come down from 3.456%, dropping down to, where do we head to, um, three something now? Um, just over three. I mean, it's probably sustainable over three rather than below three. But but again, this, this is the tension that we're seeing, um, the ongoing, whether, you know, the Fed is they're being aggressive against inflation, you know, but at the same time, are they going to have to deal with this recession implication? And so there's a there's a there's a tug of war going on here. And, and that's partly why the market rallied off the bottom. Friday, we kind of had that low and it sprung back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, kind of in expectation that the Fed isn't going to be quite so aggressive, I guess. I think that's part of the strength in the tech stocks too, right? This drop in the yield from three and a half down to three point one five. So that's supportive for tech. Um, so it won't be as bad for them for their for the growth stocks. <clears throat> right. Um, looking at currencies, you know, the U.S. dollar is often something we do have to watch. It's still sitting up there, you know, on the monthly kind of took out many years there just briefly and closed closed within that uh, range of that recent high but um you know it's it's there's a, a bit of an air pocket up to the highs that we saw in 2001 and 2002 so we're within you know spitting distance of that 
So watch the dollar, see if we can gain on where we are, because it's been been quite a good run here so far in 2022 for the dollar. And it does impact domestic stocks differently than it does, you know, international stocks. Generally, when the U.S. dollar is strong, domestic stocks tend to do a bit better. Obviously, we've had a, a situation this year where a lot of stocks haven't done that great. But, you know, there is that tendency. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, speaking of tech stocks, Shopify. Did you like the Amazon split that we had? Now we got a Shopify split. I mean, Shopify had already come off its high, but June 28th is Shopify splitting 10 for one. Um, that'll then be much more tradable than it has been. You know, so you've probably avoided it you know, just because of the priciness for a long time. And this will bring it down into a great category. There's actually probably some upside potential for Spotify um, going forward. I'm not an analyst, I'm not an advisor, but just it's going to be competing more so with Amazon. And so that means that the costs uh, for their products and their, their venues and their shop promise and all that will be uh, much less than Amazon. And Amazon's you know been viewed as the big bad boy, you know, kind of in so many ways. And so Shopify might be more uh, friendly to consumers, especially with their price point and things like that. So keep that in mind. Um, we did see some good movement on Amazon after it split. So perhaps we get the same thing from Shopify. That's on the 28th. One thing to note this week is June 1st is a holiday in Canada. It's Canada Day. And that's Friday before the long weekend. July 4th falls on the Monday. Uh, so that weekend, often people like to make a four-day weekend in the U.S. out of it anyway. They also, uh, you know, some of them already started holidays. Uh, institutions, you know, might be lighter. Canadian institutions are offline. Canadian investors are offline to some degree. Expect volume to be really light on Friday. Now, what's the risk in that? Well, it can be mispricing at the open when you're doing your orders. So limit orders over market orders. Number two, you can have a significant move either direction, up or down, mm -hmm. um, just because it's so much lighter volume. So whoever's in charge, the bulls or the bears, expect um, that it, we could move a lot on July 1st. It's also okay. the first Friday of the month and the first day of the month. And both of those are bullish usually. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so think about that. You might want to quickly, while I'm reading off some other stuff, check the uh, uh, seasonality for July 1st. Just to go yeah, yeah. It's, it's plus 0 0.53 for the Friday. <laughs> well, there you and 0.9% yeah, for the first Friday. So we're looking at about half a percent up typically on the uh. first day. Well, add add to that the light volume and other stuff, and especially especially if we have a bullish week overall, which is entirely possible following on the on the week that we just had. And if you look at your charts, that's that next consolidation level. So we had in you know we had that period of time where we sat and chopped around, and that would have been um, let me put in the spy here and just rattle that off for you. So that would have been uh, May the 27th 
until we finally broke out of it on June the 9th. That consolidation zone is my target for an upside rally from this level. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen. It's just we remember how we went down. We went down because of a catalyst, which was inflation was higher. The Fed was going to be moving to, you know, uh, a more aggressive stance. Um, there may have been other factors I can't even recall right now, like, you know, somebody's going to press the red button for the nuclear option. I don't know what caused it. I can't remember exactly, but we did fall out of that consolidation zone and we broke down very rapidly to the most recent lows that you saw. So for us to skirt back, look at it this way, how many sellers are left right at the moment, especially when they just had a big week, Friday alone, 3%, you just had that move. Do you really want to like sell into this right now or would you kind of rather wait a little bit? You know, I think I think there's enough argument to say we could cross and head right back up to the four, 407 to 415 area, 417 area. So somewhere in that 10 points will settle in. So we got room to move. Once we get up there, if we can't break above it, then there's an argument to sell. Right. But why would you sell right now when we just started rallying? Yeah. So I'm going to say that the last three days seasonality coupled with the first day of the month, first Friday of the month, all that kind of stuff. I would expect the probability of an up week. OK, now, obviously, there's things that can come in and interfere with that, uh, but I'm helping people try to make a decision in the morning between do you hedge or do you let it ride from the long side only? You know, how aggressive do you want to be? Do you want your hedge standing by or do you want to deploy it right away? Yeah. You know, so if, if you see what I'm talking about, these undercurrents, then have your hedge standing by, but you don't necessarily need to deploy it or deploy them. Let's re rattle off a couple other things here. So this week, uh, we've got earnings on Monday. We got Nike, Jefferies, Trip.com. On Wednesday, we got Paychex, General Mills, Bed Bath & Beyond, McCormick. Thursday, we have Constellation Brands, Wall Street, Walgreens Boot Alliance, and Micron. Um, we also have a, some corporate events starting um, this week. A number of different things going on with Hewlett Packard. Um, what else here we got? Oh, a conference. So the European Blockchain Convention, um, it's the most influential blockchain and crypto event in Europe. So the speakers that are being uh, presented, you got from Meta, originally Facebook, you got Coinbase, Global, you got Google, you got American Express. And that's interesting. Just make a note of that. American Express is lumped in with Google, Coin, and Meta <laughs> concerning things like blockchain, right? Um, then you also have a conference from Wells Fargo, fourth annual Bricks to Clicks digital conference. Chewy's on there, New Skin, Real, and 
box D, number of the participants, okay? We also have, you know, make sure these aren't in your short list necessarily. You've got uh, AMC, C, uh, Cinemark, Marcus, Warner Brothers, Comcast. Uh, the reason is uh, you've got holiday weekend, always good at the box office. You've got four major movies out now, right? You still got Maverick running. So make sure those aren't in your list of shorts just because I don't really see a point when you got such a catalyst behind them, both on the holiday side and the type of movies and what's already been happening at the box office. You kind of have to look at the box offices as the reopening trade to some degree that is actually in play and is working, mm -hmm. right? Not something we're guessing at. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Uh, anything else on your radar? Any uh, takes on market capitalization, mega caps, mid caps, small caps? I mean, what are your thoughts there? Like the last week, um, mega cap is, was up 7.87%, small cap only one point, sorry, 4.3%. So you would think that with the risk on kind of rebound rally there, the small caps might participate more, but mega caps still did better. I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts in market, for market caps? Well, I mean, the, the small caps, you know, they did okay um for you know the the one week and the and the not so much the the one month i mean the we were supposed to see for this month about 2.5% from small caps right and we're just shy of that right now the this last week sort of did help tremendously but um you know you've got kind of this weird dynamic with nano you know the the real midget stocks and and the mega and the large um so so institutions aren't going to go into nano you know those are retail players and stuff like that speculators a lot the institutions are going to go to where they're going to try to pick up some of the stocks that have been the favorites have tons of potential just got beat down and pulled down with everything else and that's why you're seeing the mega and the large cap perform well. Um, one safer area often to play in um, is the best in breed in the mid cap space because they, they seem to be just marching along without sort of having the extreme performance either way that you see with mega and large versus small and nano, right? Like those, those are, you get more outlier events. You either, you know, have the mega cap really do well or really do horrible. Yeah. Right? And the mid cap kind of just marches along in the middle of all that stuff without having those massive extremes. That's what I've seen historically anyway. But, uh, you know, it's, I mean, like, don't argue with this rally. If you see the signs of this continuing, you'll know uh, tomorrow morning you'll see pre-market the indications of things, uh, you know, we're, we're the good news is right at the moment in terms of the futures, you know, we're we're just up very very modestly, like we're kind of on the fence. Nobody knows. So you're going to get your proof tomorrow morning. Look at your sectors. Look at the type of stocks that are on the move. You know, kind of get a a feel of the of the pulse. And um, if it looks like the rally wants to continue from last week, then I wouldn't argue with it. 
fair enough. It's always easier though. Like if we open up fairly flat into up just slightly, that's a lot different than opening up, you know, where the Dow opens up 400 points or something like that. That's just, it's frustrating because so many things you wanted to buy are already gapping. And, you know, if it pulls back on you, there's a lot of pain. Um, so if it opens more towards the flat side, then, um, you know, it's easy to hedge if you need to. And uh, you can deploy some some longs and maybe a few shorts and see how they're going and add more shorts if you want. Sounds good. Um, this, whole, this whole future for the world here and war and everything that's going to be happening, it's all about energy, guys. You know, um, I don't think this Russian defaults much more than symbolic because, I mean, they've got 40 billion in sovereign debt. Yes, it's the first default since, you know, early 1900s, but like they could have paid in rubles, you know, it, the sanctions sort of made it that they couldn't pay in rubles, but they certainly could pay. So there's, you know, this is a, this is a question whether it's a symbolic default or whether it's really got any teeth to it. But the worst thing is this whole thing about energy. So, for example, um, if if there's no oil or gas coming from Russia for uh, Germany and, and Europe in general, that's over 220 billion euro to hit output in the next two years. You know, like I'll give you an example. I was reading something about uh, Germany's 11 glass furnaces. They have to keep running all the time. If they don't have gas and they have to shut them down, it's it's ruined and it would take 10 years to get back to normal production because wow. the glass in those furnaces has to stay molten. If they cool and they harden, you've, you've lost your furnace completely. Hmm. So um, there's just all kinds of problems that can happen from this gas supply. And I just think the, the future of all of this surrounds energy. Look what you, energy is essential for your comfort. I'm, I'm, I imagine you have air conditioning running right now in your house. Yeah, it's 104 degrees out today. Okay, so you got air conditioning. Well, if you had no electricity, you wouldn't be that comfortable. No. Well, if you're gonna produce things, you need energy. If you're gonna transport things, you need energy. It's energy, 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 energy. So um, this, is, this is where things are either gonna get normalized or they're gonna get crazy, okay? I'll leave it on that note, and you guys have a good uh, trading day tomorrow and a good week, okay? All right, good luck. Thanks. All right, cheers.